Hey, welcome to Bipolar. We are starting the new format this week, so I don't have a cute and funny intro yet, but I do have a co-host who is sitting over in jolly old England. Andy, how's it going? Uh, yeah, I'm good, Will. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm coming up to the end. Of, well, we're hoping it's not the end. Coming up to, um, let's see, day number nine off of work, so I can't be complaining too much. What's that, the weather? Uh, yeah, well, we had uh, the two days off a couple, I guess it is a couple weekends ago now. So we had the Saturday and Sunday off, and then we had Monday off for President's Day. I'll, uh, I'll explain to you what a president is another time. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> oh, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> we, had, uh, we had Monday off for President's Day, and um, we had just a horrendous ice storm. We got uh, where I am probably close to a half an inch of ice on everything. Other places got anywhere from two to six inches of snow all throughout the state. And by the time it looked like it was finally going to clean up, it was uh, still um, well below freezing temperatures into the single digits Fahrenheit. So it was uh, it was very, very cold. And they're looking at probably wind chills in the single digits Fahrenheit to uh, barely into the teens tomorrow. So uh, depending on what kind of ice we get on the roads, I I may have another day off. Nice. You're going to forget what working's like soon. Uh, well, I tell you what, I already have. I The, the thought keeps crossing <laughs> into my mind. I wonder if they'll just decide to never start school again. Um, and that's how nice. you know you've been off just for a long time. to tell time. you. Yeah, that's how you know you've just been keep... off for a really long time is you're like, maybe they just won't have my job anymore. <laughs> that's a, yeah, it's kind of, it sounds good, but I guess practicalities, it doesn't sound quite as good if they just stop paying you yeah they just yeah. keep the job assume well, you're here and just don't tell you to come in yeah i thought keep, it, to keep the money flowing i thought it would kind of be going one of those office space things where i just kind of showed up where i wanted to show when i wanted to show up and did what i needed to do but unfortunately my uh my profession kind of requires someone to be in a particular place at a particular time for a particular duration pretty regularly so uh, it'd probably be quite noticeable. Yeah, I think that the checks would probably stop showing up after a while. May have some, uh, may have some other people to answer to. Uh, I did have some time over the past couple of uh, weeks, I guess we can call it, over the past couple of weeks, to sit down and take care of my assignment. Although, if you remember correctly, I uh, it was not the easiest. Yeah, I was worried about that. Yeah, the weather was out to get me. <laughs> I think me. the nostalgia thing was uh, a bit strong on that one, possibly on my end. Well, no, it, it was good. I just, it wasn't even so much the content. It was the, I tried to sit down and watch it last Monday when all of the weather was coming through and there were power flashes. I think it took me four hours to watch a two-hour movie. Between, wow. yeah, between the power <laughs> flashes and the resets and the got to get the Roku back going and everything else. No, content-wise, I didn't think it was that bad, but... We can get into my impressions of it here in a little bit. Um, I watched Clue because you love it. Yep, and I still do as well. I've watched rewatched it, and I thought it might have waned a little bit, but nope. No, still loving it. That's <laughs> yeah. That that's a thing, man. Let's um for those of our listeners who have missed out on the wonderful nostalgia train that is Clue. Uh, do you want to give everybody a little bit of a rundown so when we make some allusions to things in a little while and perhaps have some conveniently inserted audio clips, people aren't completely out of the loop? Uh, yeah, yeah, no problem. I, I got the synopsis off um, IMDb, um, and I don't know, I guess a film this old you can't really do any spoilers on, but the synopsis just basically just tells you everything that happens, so I won't kind of go into that level of detail, I guess. But it, it's basically, it's an odd film. It's a film based on the board game Clue. Uh, given the name. Um, funnily enough, it's called Cluedo in England. I don't know why. Um, it's a little that, factoid for you. Is the game called that too, or just the movie? No, the 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 movie's called Clue, but the game it's based on here is called Cluedo instead of Clue. 
that's a little weird uh, i'm not sure why <laughs> yeah i don't know why the uh the change there just for us but um yeah so yeah it's basically um it's a, a murder mystery film i guess you could call it um uh it, there's how many six guests in a in a house they're pretty much locked in a house i guess um there's a murder happens at the beginning um they're all suspects just like it's if you've played the game clue or cluedo uh it's it's exactly that it's very kind of shoehorned in um from the the synopsis of the the game into the into the film so um you've got a or they have to guess i guess the people there have to work out which one of them did the murder or it works out been three or four i guess in the end who did it where they did it and what item what strange item they used to to do the the killings and that's about it really it's uh it's not got the most detailed premise i guess of a film well it's it's your typical murder mystery someone dies people try to figure out yep um you know what happened and why and i actually have never played the board game either which is in it's horrible for me to say because I run a game club at the school. We actually have a, a copy of Clue for Game Club, and I've just never I've I didn't know anything about it except for obviously you know Colonel Mustard in the library with a candlestick. You know I knew kind of the the little things that were in it, but I wasn't a hundred percent familiar with it. So this was um, my first, pretty much my first exposure to uh, to, to Clue as a as any sort of pop culture sort of thing. I was going to say an icon. I don't know if we'll go with an icon, but sort of as a game or a movie <laughs> or, or anything else. Um, for uh, Who's in the movie? Who who would you say is the... is If you had to give an Oscar for best actor <laughs> and it came wow. from this film, it'd be, it'd be Tim Curry, it. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess he's the yeah most iconic... Um, they're all kind of recognisable. A lot of the characters are recognisable, or the actors, sorry. Um, well, not all of them. Um, it's obviously got Christopher Lloyd in it from Back to the Future um, as a bit of a lechy... Uh, who is he? Professor Professor Plum, Plum yeah. Yeah, Professor Plum, I think. Um, yeah, I'm not sure he, how well he plays a lechy bloke. Um, it just seems a bit weird. I think Doc Brown doing that. Um, but, well, he's, yeah, he's, I guess he's, he's considerably the, he's considerably younger in this film or at least he's made up to be considerably younger in this film. So he's kind of got the he's got the lechy kind of feel to him if you, if you look at him. He's he does really well with not necessarily things that are said, but things that are seen like some of the looks that he gives the other characters um Scarlet in particular. You can you can just kind of tell he's got that creepy thing about him and then there's the whole reason why he's being blackmailed in the first place and it's kind of yep. it's not necessarily it is a little weird and a little off-putting to think of Doc Brown being the same person, but, you know, it's suspension of disbelief, Andy. Yeah, I guess so. That's why he's an actor, I suppose. I didn't... Yeah, that's a good point when you mentioned about the blackmail, and I guess uh, if we're going through the synopsis of... Um, for people that maybe haven't seen this film at all, the the whole reason, the whole premise for them all being at that house is because the conveniently named character, Mr. Body, who is the first body... Um, has been blackmailing them for various reasons. Um, I just so yeah, got that, by the way. Of... Just got the Mr. Body part. Really? <laughs> that was completely lost on you. <laughs> it was. Apparently, I was I was reading some of the, the trivia off IMDb, and I don't know if it's probably a bit harsh saying this is the only reason, but according to that, the only reason he got that job uh, was because his real name's Leaving. Um, so they want to say Mr. Body is leaving. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much... 
Uh, <laughs> That's a very tenuous link. <laughs> yeah, I have to look up the IMDb profile to see if he did anything else besides just be Mr. Body. Oh, he was in a band. He was in Flashdance. That no, really. <laughs> he was one of the principal subjects in the uh, in a punk music documentary. So I mean, you know, there's that. He was in Bill and Ted, another wow. classic eighties film. Barrel. So he was just—he's kind of just been one of those bit actors that's always kind of played Ted, this really? guy. Yeah, he was—he uh, he was in Bill and Ted. I'm looking that up right now to see exactly what part he played in Bill and Ted. But uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't actually check not... him. Uh, he was kind of bottom of my uh, my list. I can't I've, imagine um... why. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it wasn't the best actor. I can't believe he's been in something else. It's quite. I'm just but... kind of looking through the the list again now. I think. Christopher Lloyd's obviously the kind of second most popular. I, I recognise the character Michael. It looks like called Michael McKean who played Mr. Green. It's, I don't know. I yeah, can't, it's either Michael McKean or Michael McKean. I forget exactly how to pronounce that. Uh, and, okay, us getting our pronunciations wrong again. And Martin Mull always plays that kind of character in everything that uh, that he does. He's always some kind of relatively upstanding but kind of offbeat sort of guy. Um, yeah, and a lot of the other things that he's been in. So, I mean, it's to say that Tim Curry is the lead actor immediately has one raise an eyebrow and say, "Oh, well, Tim." Oh, you. so it's they're <laughs> not a Tim they're Curry locked fan. in a house underground. <laughs> so it's one of those Rocky Mountain or Rocky Mountain Rocky Horror Picture Show things. And you're like, yeah, but no, but yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, it's not yeah, that I'm not I a guess Tim Curry fan. It's just I don't know that. He does a really great job in this role. This is probably the best role that I've seen him in. That being yeah, said, I, I can't. that's an unfortunate list for him. That, that's an unfortunate <laughs> role for him to fall into. Yeah, he hasn't had the most... He, he's got a long list of films by the looks of it, but not the best, I guess. Um, the only other thing, obviously, Rocky Horror Pitch, so I only saw that recently. I, I don't understand it. It's awful. But I guess that's a similar kind of thing with Clue. It's kind of built up that following for one reason or another right um but yeah i guess other than that i liked him in legend the big i, I don't know if he was the devil or a devil of some kind have you seen legend i have not oh you're not oh that's that might be one to go on our list okay that's a good one yeah we'll have to go we'll have to go back and add that i was trying to look and see where i recognized martin mull from he was a uh, uh jean parmesan in arrested development which is one of my favorite television shows, and if you have not seen that, then that's going on the list as well. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I was about that's to say, good... I, I haven't seen oh, okay. that. Okay, well, that's that's uh, that's got a whole cult following behind it. It's um, they just released. Oh, I'm going to feel really bad if I get the number wrong. They just released, I believe, the third season on Netflix. It was um, the it was one of the big shows that Netflix, when they decided they were going to launch their original content, that was like their big coup because there had been this huge like um, groundswell of support from fans to bring back Arrested Development because it was critically acclaimed when it was on television, but it just didn't have the fan following. It, it was it was a firefly, which we talked about very, very briefly um, a little while ago. It was one of those right, things where yeah. there was this massive fan fo- – there was a big fa- – there was a very vocal fan following. How about that? There was a vocal fan following, and it was critically acclaimed, but it just didn't have – didn't have a big enough audience for the – um, for the advertisers to continue to pay up. So obviously the 
the show didn't exactly pull, but it was uh, Arrested Development was a good one. So that's something that you may have to I may have to pull a, a, Jean, a Jean Parmesan episode for you to watch of that because obviously you trying to watch two and a half or three whole seasons would not be realistic. Uh, although if you do get some free time, not a yeah. horrible idea. Um, yeah, no, I'll definitely add that to my list. So I watched the movie, Andy. And I'm just going to go <laughs> you ahead. Sound like and, you, you're really pleased about that as well. <laughs> I, I'm just going to go ahead and, and throw it out there right now. I know we talked about doing um, uh, general impressions at the end. I, I'll give you a, a, a sort of grade for it at the end. I went in with, I don't even want to say high hopes. I went in with tempered expectations. Because again, right. Tim Curry, star of the film. Mm, yeah. Um, 19, <laughs> 1985. Based on a board game, you know, you, you, you this isn't your blockbuster automatically going to be the biggest cinematic hit in um, Christopher Lloyd's career. We know this. Um, I went in with tempered expectations and I was pleasantly satisfied yep. that my tempered expectations were exactly appropriate. <laughs> I was not blown out of the water, nor was I disappointed. Um, <laughs> right, it, <okay>. is, <laughs> it is. One of those films that if I am, I don't know, if we still had cable and I was at home on a Sunday afternoon, um, even if it was intercut with commercials, if I needed something on in the background or something on opposite a sporting event on the other side of the uh, callback button on the, you know, you flip back and forth between the two <laughs> channels, I, w- I would have it be my second show. I would, I would watch it intercut so again just- because there are some, it's one of those films that re- doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, absolutely. It is full. It's very since kind of watching it again. It, the the comedy in it, what there is of it, I, I guess there is a fair bit. It's very dated. It's very, you know, Benny Hill. You could the the bits where they're running between rooms. You could just imagine that, you know, Benny Hill tune playing as they'll jump in between rooms. And it's it's I guess it it's a strange one because it, it it kind of takes it feels kind of semi serious, but then it's got like I said those kind of really dated comedy lines that are thrown in there um i don't know if this is a good time for me to oh yeah let's try that try, try. Tr- let's try the audio clips andy <laughs> okay. has been messing around for a week and a half with audio hijack three trying to make sure that we are going to get some audio clips in here andy uh hit us with that first sweet sound clip you know this is all going to fall apart at oh this it's going to be um, horrible and we're going to have to like <laughs> really pretend is. to be the characters it's going to be fun <laughs> oh god that's that's a concern okay so i i've, I've got some saved here i don't know I've, they've named uh, i think i can guess what this one's called uh what this one is it's just called wee wee um <laughs> but this is kind of i think it's a good example of the of the very kind of dated but uh, still quite funny i think humor in it um let me just try and play this let me know if it works uh, well if you'll excuse me i have to um pardon is there any girls room in the hall oui oui madame no i just want a powder my nose thank you <laughs> yes laugh. did you it hear ca- it? and it came all the way through over here too so uh hopefully oh, that'll have recorded God. from both sides and we won't just have uh like four seconds of silence right in the middle of the, of the show yeah <laughs> it is a noise here <laughs> it is that kind of humor though um there's there's that yeah and um there's the constant line that goes back and forth at the beginning. I forget which one it is, but it's it's that kind of humor too. It's not it's not campy like a Naked Gun film, like the uh, the Leslie Nielsen film films from the '90s, where um, 
did you ever see any of those with, with O.J. Simpson in them too? The, yes, the yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like that. It's not like it's not where it's purposefully making fun of the genre in 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 a way that is just completely over the top. But you can kind of tell that it's it's a tongue in cheek for a murder. I mean, the board game itself is tongue in cheek for a murder mystery film, uh, or for yeah. for a murder yeah, mystery true. in general. But at the same time, yeah. there were some parts of this that were. Um, I thought that were kind of dark for a film that was released in the eighties and um, was probably, I mean, again, I don't know. Uh, I, I was born in 1985, so I wasn't exactly uh, cognizant of who this may have been marketed to when it was out. But if this was at all marketed as a family film, there are some distinctly not family friendly moments in this. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, you know, people getting chased down, people getting stabbed and clubbed. And I remember when uh, the maid gets strangled out in the billiard room, like it's dark, um, yeah. not just in the lighting, but also in kind of the content. Like you kind of hear <laughs> as, as they're using the rope to, to, to get her. And then there's the entire reason <laughs> there's the entire reason that, um, or I guess there's the, the kind of business that Miss Scarlet runs and the fact that Yvette, that's the name of the maid, right? Yvette? Oh, IMDB. I'm so glad we kept this. Yeah, the, the very unstereotypical. Yeah, the very, yeah. What are you talking? Does she? No, there's never been a French maid that looks like that ever. Um, yeah, Yvette, the whole reason that uh, Yvette is even recognized by anybody on the staff, she is the 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 very much stereotypical French maid with the horrible fake French accent. If I find out that she's actually French, I'm going to feel really bad. Um, <laughs> but, she really can't but be. At the same, yeah, I know. But at the same time, it does have certain qualities that make it a redeemable film. And I'm going to let you talk about those because you probably recognize them more than I do. Oh, God. Um, that's the difficult. That's the funny thing. Um, I watched it and I enjoyed it again. But why I enjoyed it, I really don't know again. Um, so when I watched it when I was young, like you were saying about some of the reasons why they were being blackmailed and stuff, they they must have been completely over my head. Um, you know, there's the obvious one, like the they like said Miss Scarlet's kind of career. I guess we can say it's not that that bad. Um, the prostitution. I think I, I think that's what she does. Prostitution or whatever. She doesn't. She like runs a brothel she, or whatever. She's yeah. She's a madam. She runs a brothel or a, a yeah. call service of some kind. Yeah. So yeah, I assume when I was younger that completely went over my head, and all the like the I think some are, are communists or selling secrets to communists and things that I wouldn't have understood that when I was young. Oh yeah, so that, the, the, the communism whole... thread is one that runs pretty deep throughout the film. I mean, when you get to the end, it's the, you know communism was the whole running like the whole running thread behind so many of the the different people that were being blackmailed and some of the things that tie them all together and it it almost doesn't even it it falls kind of flat in you know here 30 years later but i can't imagine as a kid that was communism a threat that you were concerned about as you were growing up in in england andy was <laughs> were, my was, bum was there yeah was there a legitimate red scare in your neighborhood <laughs> there wasn't no <laughs> it's not it wasn't a thing as far as i know anyway <laughs> well yeah i mean i can see how the the whole brothel and the communism would would go over the head but at the same time there are it's not like shrek where shrek has jokes that are obviously for 
adults and jokes that are obviously for the kids and, and, and everybody can kind of laugh about it. But it does have things like the, the constant bickering back and forth and the running in between rooms and the, there's some physical comedy in there that, that kids obviously would, would find humorous. I mean, you, you played a clip of a woman saying wee-wee, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Still holds what, up. Uh, it, wait, and you know what? That's, that's the, that is the... That's what makes a cult film like this a cult film, and maybe, and that's probably why you like it, is because it was one of those things that when you were a kid it was hilarious, and then as you move on, you find other things to like and enjoy and appreciate about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um, yeah, the, I, it, I put on my notes here. It's timeless. It, it doesn't obviously. It says the year. I think at the beginning it's set in like the fifties. I think, but it it felt and strangely, it, it, like we said, it does reference kind of things from that period as well. But it, it did feel kind of timeless i think the jokes were old at the time when it, when it was made you know so they've they're kind of no no more old-fashioned or whatever now than they were at the time um it just kind of yeah it's it's got that scooby-doo vibe like you said with the running between you can just imagine them going in one door and out the other and cycling around like in scooby-doo uh, it, it's i don't know it's uh, i still can't really explain to you i know it's not very helpful but kind of what appealed so much then and kind of what still works now to be honest it's um I guess it's it, it, it's an impressive cast, I guess, for the time, and well, and even now, you know, it's quite a, a wide ranging cast. The lady that pays Miss White, I've never or Mrs. White, whatever, I, I've never seen her before, but I think she's apparently or was apparently fairly well known as well. So it's uh, quite. I, I don't know if you've ever seen her in anything before, but uh, I'm I trying did to look not, her up again now. No, I uh, I did not know Madeline Kahn. Well, I, I heard that I I know the name Madeline Kahn. Um, and I knew the name Eileen Brennan, and you know I, I, you know what? It took me forever to realize that Leslie Ann Warren was not Susan Sarandon. So good for you, Leslie Ann Warren, uh, Miss <laughs> yeah. Scarlet. I was like, wow, I can't believe they would get her it, to, to play this. And then I realized that no, not not so much. It's not actually her. Yeah, um, Melon Khan. Melon Khan actually nominated for two Oscars. Um, she was in Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles. So, you know, oh, it wasn't for this then. Uh, no, no, unfortunately, <laughs> not nominated for Oscars for this. And then Eileen Brennan, who's Miss Peacock, the uh, the no, I just need to powder myself, was um, uh, popular a little bit earlier in her own time period. She was in uh, Murder by Death, which, by the way, is another great detective film, apparently. So that's a great little throwback for her to be in Murder by Death and also in Clue. Um, Murder by Death 1976 has got um, Peter Falk and Alec Guinness um, right it, the literary d- the whole detectives and sidekicks and everything so I think that's a, if you, that's one of those if you know it then it's funny and if you don't know it then it's she I still thought she did a pretty uh, pretty excellent job but that's a that's a great throwback and little homage to uh, another great murder mystery film yeah, if, um, yeah. Again, reading kind of the notes on this um, on IMDb. Yeah, it says it's kind of loosely based on that, or kind of has the similarities of that. So, yeah, probably one to look out for. I don't know. Don't know if I'll enjoy that one quite as much. Not got the nostalgia feeling, I guess, from watching this. Did wear out the VHS on this one when I was younger. Oh, uh, broke again. The tape? Why? I've, uh, I I don't know if we did completely break it but it was you know when i don't know if you remember when you used to watch them and it goes all kind of uh yeah yeah and it kept kind of screwing up and jumping and and whatnot so yeah 
Yeah, no, it's um, y- you watch it a few times. I, I don't. I think the only thing we ever really messed the tape up on in my house were Disney films, um, which is yeah. Uh, um, I actually, I wish I could go back and erase that. Now I can. I'm the editor. <laughs> no, that's, we'll, we'll leave that in. No, um, I, I don't know that we've ever had this conversation. Did you grow up uh, with siblings? Did you have um, uh, brothers and sisters that were right around your age or anything? Uh, yeah, I've got two sisters and a brother. My brother's ten years older than me. Um, my other sister's eight, old, uh, eight years older than me, and the my other one is, I think, five years older than me. So, um, yeah, yeah, we used to watch a lot. Um, kind of TV and films were quite a big thing for us. We still kind of, uh, this is one of them. We kind of quote lines from the films that, uh, that again, don't kind of mean anything to anyone else, but we uh, we quote them a lot to each other. And, yeah, so it was, it was, it was quite a big thing for us as we were growing up. Well, it's, it's, it's not too bad to have in-jokes there amongst family members. You know, um, you've been... You've been in the same digital room as Rob and I often enough to know that he and I kind of have our own thing, even if it's not uh, – we try our best not to have too many in-jokes and too many quotations that, that nobody else would get. But, yeah, it's – it's and that might that be might, be might be another reason why you see so much – so many redeeming qualities in it too is because it does have that – not just nostalgia from your childhood, but it's one of those – it's a film that you and your brothers and sisters and your family um, – you know, it's – it's your thing. Yeah, I think uh, looking through, trying to find reasons why you or someone else might like it, I I kind of draw a blank to be honest. If you said to me, you know, give me top three things about this film, it, it, I would still even struggle with that. But I can still tell you I love it. I think it's a bit like The Goonies. I think The Goonies is probably my favourite film ever. Um, but that's pretty kind of poorly acted and probably he's not aged very well either. Um and don't again, you, don't you, you talk bad like about the Goonies, sir. Don't you talk. I really. Bad about oh, that's a joint let, one, is it? That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> l- let me t- let me tell you a, a fun uh, little side tip about the Goonies. Um, I borrowed a projector from one of my schools this summer, and when our um, when uh, Elizabeth has uh, an older sister and an older brother, when her older sister was here with her husband and their three kids, we set the projector up outside and pr- um, projected Goonies onto the back of our white brick garage. And had nice. blankets set up and the uh, the lawn chairs. We made a bunch of popcorn. I got a bunch of movie boxes of candy and set up the Bluetooth speaker. So we did Goonies outside in the middle of the summer, which there's uh, – I know this isn't an episode about Goonies, but there, there, there is a <laughs> – Maybe there's a certain <laughs> there's a certain timelessness about Goonies that's always going to work with – Kids who have never seen the movie before and can really identify with the adventure parts of it, and then adults who have seen it and remember how the movie made them feel. I don't think I watched Goonies until I was probably in my early 20s, and when my friends had found out that I hadn't seen it, because I spent a lot of time with a bunch of cinephiles. I mean, guys that had, you know, seven or eight different bookcases of four shelves apiece stacked end to end with DVDs that were alphabetized by title. And like, if you needed right. to borrow, like, if you needed to borrow a movie, it was actually almost easier to go borrow it from a friend than it was to try to find it somewhere, either legally or illegally online. Um, right? They were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you haven't seen that!" And so we all sat down and watched Goonies, and nothing, and nothing is more raucous than a group of five or six. And this is completely sarcastic. Of course, there's things that are more raucous, but um, <laughs> five or six twenty-something guys sitting around with a whole bunch of beer and Goonies from the early '80s. Um, so I well, that's the thing it it works doesn't it it still works again if you're 50 or 5 it, it's uh 
it's a coming of age film, I, I guess, but it's it's not one of those boring. I, I like Stand by Me as well, but it's not the most kind of action packed film, I guess, as for as far as kind of coming of age films go. Um, but Goonies just just works. You've got the kind of fun to it, but also the the kind of meaning behind it. If you wanted to look a little deeper into it, I guess. Yeah, we we can put Stand by Me on the list because I have oh, not seen that. No, oh, that's good. That's yeah, it's definitely worth watching. I don't know if okay. it's particularly nerdy and stuff but a bit like oh i guess clues not either but um unless you want to link it to board games in some way well it is a board game well, but no it um, doesn't it doesn't have to be nerdy i mean it's, these are they're cult films they all have their particular draw based on the fact that there is there's something about them there and i can completely see how clue would fit into the cult film category because there is something mm. about it maybe it's the campiness maybe it's the fact that Maybe it's the fact that the that the lead actor, you know, is Tim Curry. Maybe it's the fact that it is based on a board game, but there's just something about it that makes it it's easily approachable. It's not a blockbuster. It's not something like, I don't know, um Titanic or Slumdog Millionaire or I don't know, The Grand Budapest Hotel, which by the way was a spectacular film and if it doesn't win the Oscar this evening, I will be upset. Um not seeing that one. Oh, it's a good one. <laughs> it's a it's it's your typical Wes Anderson film, but it's a really good one. Um, but it is, it's, it, Clue is not, it doesn't have the gravitas about it that makes it either you love it or you hate it or like Shawshank Redemption. Have you seen Shawshank Redemption? I have, yeah. It's such a great film, but there are some people that just don't get what makes it such a great film. Um, and I look at those people with a raised eyebrow and I say to myself, I can't believe you don't like that movie. Clue's not like that. Clue isn't one of those. It's not a. It's not a divisive film. Like if someone told you, "Yeah, I saw the movie. I didn't really like it." You'd be like, "Yeah, okay, I can see how that would happen." If somebody came up to me and was like, "Oh, Slumdog Millionaire," I I just didn't see what the draw was. I would be like, "What are you insane?" That was the two best hours of of film that I saw that year, maybe that decade. Um, you know, people don't have that with Clue, and I think that's part of what might make it into uh, the whole cult classic part. Is you know, it's approachable and it's relatable. Um, not in a I've been in a 1950s mansion with bodies lying around kind of way, but <laughs> not it, time to admit something. Right? It's not. Uh, it's not presumptuous. It's one of those films that again, it's it's a Sunday afternoon watching it on. I don't know. I, again, I could reference particular television channels here, like you know the TBS or WGN weekend movie, but none of those mean anything to you. Those are just letters. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but it's one of those that it's. It's it's infinitely approachable and it is it is a timeless film. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, like I said, it, it definitely it's it, flick it on. You don't really kind of have to follow it massively. You get the idea of what's going on. You just kind of jump in, jump out of some of the the corny lines and the and the pretty cheesy acting. It's it, it's like a stage play. I think it, it would work as a. I don't know if it's ever has been a play, but it you know there are only kind of five rooms they go between. You could easily kind of do it as a stage play. They all kind of line up in a in a row to say their lines they even kind of it's filmed a bit like a stage play you know they all line up like i said they line up all next to each other to say their little bit and they all kind of look between each other and it's very kind of over the over the top the way they speak and things so yeah it did feel like kind of jumping in and a bit of a stage play i guess well i will go ahead and say that i we this is obviously gonna have to be the baseline of how we rate new experiences on bipolar which i think is a good one um 
like I, I, I don't know. We, you and I have not talked about this at all. So little b- behind uh, behind the scenes inside podcasting for you folks here. We're just kind of making some of this up on the fly. Um, I feel like as we <laughs> some are, of it. yeah. Well, I'm not watching Clue or just read. Or it's not like my students do with some of the books I ask them to read. It's not like they're reading the synopsis as they're writing the paper. Um, <laughs> I'm not just reading the the IMDb page for Clue and going, oh yeah, Martin Moe, blah 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 blah. No, I actually I watched the film. <laughs> saw it um are, are there any more uh, uh i know you put some time and effort in, into the lines here are there any more um classic sound audio clips that you wanted to play here and have us d- discuss shortly because i know there there's some there's some quality stuff in here um yeah uh, i've got a few are there I, I guess if you haven't seen the film um for anyone maybe listening i guess i'm not sure why they would maybe well i guess you could listen to this if you haven't seen it to kind of get them some ideas of what you should watch but um, yeah, I've got a few here. Uh, what would work? I've tried, I've named them all brief things, but I don't I don't really remember what they are. So this one's public. I think this is another f- quite amusing but quite dated joke. So I'll um I'll try playing this one now. He had threatened to kill me in public. Why would he want to kill you in public? I think she meant he threatened in public to kill her. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> stuff like that. It's it's very kind of uh, again play i guess um i don't yeah, know if you it's, found them it's amusing it's semantics and i do i do i appreciate wordplay i like things like that and it's it's very suited it's very fitting for a movie like this because it, again it's another one of those campy sort of tongue-in-cheek we're making fun of ourselves in the process we're not taking ourselves too seriously kind of things um i i appreciate the fact that there is always a straight man in every scene, but it kind of rotates between who it is. Like you kind of think that I really feel like Michael McKean, if your name is Michael McKean or Michael McKean, if your name is Michael McKean, we apologize. But I kind of feel like that's (laughs) I'm sure he's listening. Right. Um, I kind of feel like Mr. Green is that throughout the entire film. I mean, he's the one who's constantly, it's not me, I didn't do it, it's not me, I didn't do it. And then we get to the uh, the very end of the movie, which if you haven't seen it at this point, I won't spoil for you entirely. And you realize that, oh my gosh, he's been here this entire time. Um, he's kind of been a very understated actor, but he actually plays a, a remarkably important role. And uh, I, I don't know, I, I feel like he is one of the, the actors in this movie that at this point was not particularly well known but had had gone on to do a couple of uh you know a, a couple of of pretty solid things he was in planes trains and automobiles and you know this is spinal tap i mean he's a guy who's who's st- i mean he's still working um he's in better call Saul right now i mean he's a guy that is obviously doing good work but he's his role is very understated in this and he's very much the straight man in most of these scenes and i like that there's always somebody there that you can kind of fall back on and go okay well what's what's the quote-unquote normal guy doing which it's he's he's not the normal one because he's you know he's being blackmailed because he's gay or i'm sorry he's being blackmailed because he's a homosexual <laughs> that's the way he puts it and you know it was, he's not the normal one <laughs> right well not that that's not normal oh god i don't want to get those emails. <laughs> oh dear <laughs> no no and that's not what we're saying it was, I'm, I'm saying that i thought that it was odd and I understand that it's set in the 50s and it was filmed in the 80s. But that was one of the things that kind of was, was I guess, if something rings true, can it, can it ring flat or whatever, whatever the, the opposite of ring true is. One of the things kind of fell flat for me was he's being blackmailed because he works for the State Department. And he's homosexual. What's the big deal? And then I'm like, oh, right. It's 
the dark ages for this for these kinds of things so i i completely yeah. get it um well that's the thing when he admits that they all say what they've done and they've you know some of them have a uh, uh, traitors i guess they've sold secrets to like the russians and things and then when he says he's gay they're all like Ooh. and you know it's it seems like it's the i know it's again it's the it's the joke but it's um i i, I guess even in the 80s when the film was made that would still they're trying to make a comment about it being in the 50s and and being being gay or homosexual was a, a big deal but i guess it still was in the 80s you know i i, I imagine it wasn't people still weren't kind of as open then as, as they are now um i've got a line just to before we get too deep and maybe unwittingly offend anyone um i've got a line just that i guess will will fit that if you're right for me to oh yeah yeah, fire yeah. that one yeah up. no you, you know you can just hit those i'll just whenever i hear it start to hum i'll just stop talking which is probably <laughs> a good you should go ahead and tell everyone that hosts the other podcasts on the network that's a good way to get me to stop talking is to play sound clips all oh, right i thought you meant just hum <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <that> too. <laughs> and you stop <laughs> okay i'm gonna fire it off it's it's an apt one i guess are you a cop? No, I'm a plant. A plant? I thought men like you were usually called a fruit. Very funny. Oh. Uh, yeah. Dated joke there again. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a cop? No, I'm a plant. Oh, yeah. That's, again, more wordplay, but one of those that, as uh, as an adult, as you get older and understand kind of the, the, the connotations behind the words, you're like, oh, I see. Well, that's funny. But when you're younger, you're like, oh, plant, fruit. I see how these things all work out together. I don't understand why it's funny. <laughs> But but I get it. Yeah, he. Um, I, I appreciate the fact there's a straight man in all these scenes, and even in, uh, you know, when it comes to stuff like that with the wordplay, somebody always seems to get it, and there's always somebody on the on the other side that's always like, I don't what I don't get where you're going with that, which is you know I guess good if it goes over your head or if you're you know like twelve and it's not a joke that really rings true. Um, what else you got? There were, it's just kind of before going to that, like you said, with those those jokes, they did seem, some of them scenes seem to be kind of set up just to get those, it seems like they wrote some jokes or some funny lines and then kind of built scenes around just trying to get them in. They didn't really fit necessarily with kind of what was going on at, at some points. Um, this isn't one of them, but uh, I was just going to say, this is uh, another example of, again, of the kind of the, the wordplay that is still is pretty funny. I think it, again, holds up a little bit, but let me just fire this one off. So it was you. I was going to expose you. I know. So I choose to expose myself. Please, there are ladies present. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Yeah, it's Classic. just... Well, yeah, and, and blatant setups for things like that. But I think that if you don't approach the film thinking of it as this is going to be cinematic gold, like if you approach it looking at it like um, a film that obviously recognizes what it's really good for what it is andy it's really good for what it is for a campy cult film that is very tongue-in-cheek at the murder mystery i you know through the process of the podcast i may have actually changed my opinion on this film the more we talk about it and the more i think about it the the higher uh, i mean it obviously falls down in my view of it cinematically um as uh, as an award-winning, life-changing, life-affirming film, it it it's not getting any it's not getting higher marks from me, but it is getting considerably higher marks when it comes to you know the the quality of film for what it is, which is a film that recognizes the actors know it's based on a board game. I mean, think about that for a second. Like, step back. Can you Jumanji? 
didn't do so horribly, but that was a that was a movie based on a board game based on a book. Right? Did you Jumanji anything? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've seen Jumanji. I didn't know it was based on a book though. I thought it was just a film. I did, you know, with a with a game in it. I didn't know it kind of had any uh, anything else beyond that. To be honest, I, I thought it had a book. I could be wrong, but um, the point I'm trying to make is just the the entire idea of making um you they didn't make a film based on guess who you know the one where you're like oh does your character have a mustache <laughs> maybe they should well <laughs> hollywood call us on to something we can green light our guess who remake um <laughs> like i well now i'm thinking of battleship which um at, did you see battleship with uh i didn't know i didn't either and i think we're probably both better off for that but battleship is a movie that kind of took itself seriously um Clue very it's fairly much unique, I think, isn't it? It's I don't think other than Battleship that example. I don't know how many other films have ever been made that were based on a on a board game, however loosely. This one, f- considering the subject matter, I guess stuck with it fairly well. It's even got again. I I know you mentioned you're not too familiar with Clue, but it's even got in this film without trying to spoil too much. I guess um, secret passages in some of the rooms that were in the board game as well. So it's even to that level that you know they they've got that in there. It's um. It's sticking quite closely to the subject matter, considering how loose or how kind of empty, I guess, that, that subject matter actually is. Well, I've got to say, quite impressive. of all of the movies that I have seen or heard of based on board games, this one is the best one that I've seen. That is, that is something I can say definitively. This is the best board game-based movie that I, have, that I have seen or heard of, and not just because the only other one that I've seen or heard of stars Rihanna. I don't have anything against that in oh particular. Yeah. Um, she's just no Tim Curry. She's no, no, Rihanna is no Tim Curry. Um, <laughs> Might get a t-shirt with that printed on. <laughs> yes. Uh, that would, and then just have a picture of um, the best cutout of Tim Curry that you can on the back of it. Uh, Tim Curry from, from, from Clue, obviously. Um, um, I would say in uh, in the overall pantheon of things that we are going to expose each other to, and yes, that was a blatant setup. Um, I would the more <laughs> Should I, I use think, that line then. Yeah, I know. Dang it! Comic timing. We're <laughs> working on it. We're doing the best we can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and plan out this joke for the forty second minute. Um, <laughs> Just like Clue. Yes, exactly. Um, I would say in the overall pantheon of things that uh, I hope to explore in the in sort of the reforming and the reboot of this podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna be hard pressed to give this anything higher than uh, I don't know, like a B, but I'd also be hard pressed to give it anything lower than a B because it is it's the kind of thing that I would really like for us to continue to do, and that is to find something that may not have the critical or cultural acclaim that um some of the other more popular things have but it's something that that means something to each of us be in a nerdy or pop culture or nostalgic kind of way i uh i love it man i gotta say that i think i think i'm a better person having seen the movie clue (laughs) no i think you're probably the only person to ever say that but that's good i'll take that i'm surprised it, it, it got that high before you to be honest i'm i'm quite pleased that you you embraced it i guess and got a bit out of it like i used to maybe not as much i guess by the sounds of it but some well again cinematically not not life affirming not not changing the way that i view even board games from here on out but 
as a campy, tongue-in-cheek, we're making fun of the murder mystery genre, look at us, we made a movie based on a board game, and we got some pretty solid actors for their time uh, to star in this film that, by all rights, probably should have never been made. Um, <laughs> based yeah. on, I, I, based on those criteria. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not like they had, like, Robert Downey Jr. and... Um, like Hugh Grant, like parading around in the background. I assume they were big in the eighties. I don't know. Robert, I guess not. Yeah, Robert I think Downey Tim Jr. Curry was pretty bottom? big in the time, wasn't he? I think. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> and the, the Susan Maybe? Sarandon lookalike they got. Yeah. The, yeah. No, she was, and she was <laughs> the most solid Susan Sarandon lookalike. Um, well, you know, he had Rocky Horror, which was seventy-five, so he was still in the general vicinity i mean it was only that was only 10 years <laughs> just after. a decade later <laughs> well but we're, we're gonna agree that that's the, that's the biggest film that he starred in right we're gonna agree the rocky horror picture show is kind of the, the tim curry what not congo no nah, i don't think I've congo seen... hunt for red no. october <laughs> i've not seen that oh no it's a good one it's based on uh based on a uh blah 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 tom clancy novel Tim Curry right. nominated for one primetime Emmy. That's uh, that's that's not what you would get for this. No, <laughs> not uh, not in the least. Like I'm rolling back through no. some of the things that that he has done. Um, ew, yep, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is the first big one, and then I'm flipping through in a bunch of weird shows that like they probably aired over in your neck of the woods. Hunt for Red October Home Alone too as well. He was Mr. Curry in the Paddington Bear series. Which Mr. is the Curry. <laughs> it's the original right. name. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I'm flipping through. Uh, he was a voice in Darkwing Duck. No, dude. I think I, he does I a lot can... of voice work now. Or yeah. Recent, oh, wait. Fairly recently. He was the evil Manta in Oh, Little Mermaid was a television series? That's not. See, this is the black hole that. Um, this is the black hole that IMDb can become. No, I, I think Rocky Horror was was probably his bigger thing, and then and then there was obviously this where he was the lead <laughs> second man. biggest possibly. <laughs> yeah, possibly the second biggest film um, behind uh, behind Rocky Horror, and then you know Congo and Hunt for Red October are right there. Yeah, he does do a lot of voice work now. But Tim Curry, kudos to you. This was definitely not just a make it for the money film. You kind of gave it your all. He did a really excellent job. In, in this role here again I'm gonna I'm gonna give this film for what it is again not cinematically but for the the sort of uh, nerd cred cult classic whatever you want to give it I'm gonna give this a solid B and I'm gonna say that I am better off for having spent four hours of my life struggling through the power outages to uh, watch this film in its entirety because I didn't want to just phone it in absolutely yeah no it sounds like it's worth worth pushing through and yeah B's a solid score Pleased with that? Not that I made it, but <laughs> well, uh, again, we know that it. it's it's beyond scoring for you. It is uh, it is just overall a a wonderful film, and you shouldn't be expected to uh, to just say no. I think it's going to be this. Tran- or, did you just say transcendent? Yeah, I was going to say it's transcended um, scoring systems for me now. It's just be- way beyond that now. <laughs> It's your it's it, it it is your film forever and ever, Amen. Um, yeah. So, I would like to talk about where we're going to go from here, because okay. 
I it is my turn to give you something to do or read or experience. And yes. yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And I actually think that it's a travesty that you have not experienced this, and this could very much become um, a two-part episode if we needed it to, namely because your assignment is lengthy in uh, both time commitment and the um, the depth and breadth of material that's available. Um, right. F- for, for the sake of time, I will only ask you to read the first book. Um, I would like for you to read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy before we sit down and speak about pop culture again. Okay, cool. Just, Sounds good. Just yes. the first one. You don't have to read The Restaurant at the End of the Universe. You don't have to read Life, the mm-hmm. Universe, and everything. You don't have to read Mostly Harmless. You don't have to read So Long and Thanks for All the Fish. You don't even have to watch the movie, which... Oh, I've, I have seen the film, actually. Yeah, well, then we can talk about some of the parallels to the film. Um, it's It's considerably better than the film. It is another one of those you kind of got to know going in that it's not a book that takes itself too seriously. Um, I look forward to seeing what you have to say about it. Obviously, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, written by Douglas Adams. It is a book that is actually based on a radio play, uh, right. which I don't believe got nearly the uh, the play, pun intended, over here in, in America that it did there on, uh, on your side of the Atlantic. But I... It was a... A series of books that I started reading, I guess, in 1998 or 1999, so it would have been about 13 or 14, um, and I actually started reading uh, one of the other books by him called Dirk Gently's um, did something, something detective, something holistic, something galaxy, um, but I ended up picking up <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and, and reading all of them, and it's, it, it's not a complex read. Um, there are a lot of uh, a lot of really interesting characters in the book. It's a book that I have assigned my eighth graders to read in the past for like literature circles and things like that. So it's not something that you should have a hard time getting through. But I'd be interested to see <laughs> what your opinion is of it because again, it, it very much falls into the category of it's not winning a Pulitzer. It's not something right. that is going to skyrocket back to the top of any bestseller list were it to be re-released in a special edition. But it is something that holds a very near and dear place in my heart is a series of books, particularly the first one that I can just pick up and read and say to myself, Hey, I know I've already read this three or four times, but I don't feel like I just wasted X number of hours of my life or whatever, because it's, it's, uh, it's a hilarious novel. So, um, if you want to sit down and take care of that before we uh, before we meet again, I'm interested in seeing how that goes. See, you've you've forced me to watch more video, which I wasn't doing, and now I'm asking you to read a book, which yeah, which you can conveniently it's, do on any digital device, or if you need a paper copy, I'll spend the. It's probably like thirty seven fifty for me to send it to you. Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably cheaper for me to stick. Yeah, <laughs> pick you, one up. Yeah, um, I assume the appreciate the offer though. Well, you know, I, I do what I can. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's it should be relative. It should be a relatively quick read. It should be relatively enjoyable. It's a book that you can uh, simultaneously lose yourself in if you need to, or read for five minutes, put down, go. I don't know, stir the soup and burp the child, and then come back down. And you don't feel like you've uh, <laughs> you're gonna miss anything. Um, or that you're gonna get out of your flow. So it's it's uh, uh, I will I won't say I won't say any more except to say that I can. It's another one of these where I can see where where people would be like, why in the world did you make me read that? But at the same time, I can. It has a, it has a special place in in my heart. So I look forward to seeing uh, what you think and and how you feel about it. Um, 
Does that sound like something that yeah, you no, might looking, be interested in? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's um, it, it's one of those books that has been on my list um, for a long time now, I guess. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about it, but I've just never kind of got around to um, just kind of making the time for it, I guess. The, the, the way, I think, like you said, just now about you with um with kind of video content and things just kind of finding the right time or the right there's always something distracting me i i really like i i used to really enjoy reading um when i was younger and um fairly recently i guess but there's just so many easy things just to i'm just lazy i guess basically i can listen to a podcast or watch something on youtube that just it doesn't take any effort not the reading does but i'm just easily distracted as well as being lazy i I guess but i'll um i'll lock down focus and yeah looking forward to getting through it for before next week yeah well two weeks well, two. The next time we release an episode, if you get done with it and you're super excited, I'll, I'll sit down and talk to you for about it for an hour because, you know, it's it's something that I really enjoy. I'll uh, I'll do my best to go back and um, I'll do more than read the synopsis. I'll try to read at least the first couple of chapters between now and then because you know that was one of those. I, I know that you had talked about rewatching. Uh, clue when you gave it to me but it was one of those you'd seen a couple times it wasn't a necessity but i bet you enjoyed sitting down and rewatching it again um for both nostalgic oh, yeah. and analytic reasons yeah absolutely i watched it a couple of, I, I watch it at least once or twice a year i think when, it, when i kind of think about it um i watched it a couple of days ago for this and i've watched half of it this afternoon because my wife's not watched it so i wanted to watch i wanted her to watch it as well so i'm about halfway through another sitting in the last week which is, I think, bordering on weird. Yeah, that's gluttonous, man. You should, uh, <laughs> you should probably keep an eye on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, no I'm gonna, I'll, I'll sit down and uh, I'll sit down and try to read the book too. And you, you have to because it's your assignment, and we hold yep. each other to these things. Um, it's fair. Thanks, I appreciate that. If someone were <laughs> to want to ask you how your progress is going in the book, and they were to want to do that via Twitter, what's the best way to do that? New Twitter handle, Andy. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it sounds, it's a bit self-promoting, I guess. It doesn't make, make sense to a lot of people. But my new handle is at I am Future Andy on Twitter, obviously. And why are you Future Andy, Andy? Um, because my name is Andy, and I am in the future. You are in the future. <laughs> we have uh... <laughs> in some way or another. <laughs> Uh, Andy was the first Andy that we brought on to the Nerd Uprising Network, um, my brother and I, and because Andy is Andy, you you were the impetus for the entire network, so um, really? that kind of worked out well because originally it was just my brother and I kind of hanging out doing a bunch of stuff, um, but now you're here and that's that's a real thing. But when we brought Andy on, it was just Will and Rob and Andy, and it kind of made sense. But then we brought on Andy Welfley to uh, host Dot Grid with me, and all of a sudden we had a problem because we had two Andys. So we couldn't figure out what we were going to call them because, again, we've talked about how uh, Andy, your last name, doesn't exactly roll off the tip of your tongue. And we tooled around with just calling Andy Welfley Waffles for a while, but apparently that brings up some <laughs> rather um, nasty memories from childhood. So we just decided to call you future andy because you're in the future thanks time zones yep thanks so for the nifty new twitter handle uh i am future andy it does just roll off the tongue though it's like i am legend only cooler less exciting <laughs> <laughs> only more and you know what here's our christopher lloyd connection he is back to the future you are future andy that works out oh beautiful good work yeah, i tell you what 
It's almost like I plan these things. I don't. You can kind of tell that I just make it up. Um, if you wanted to talk to me on Twitter and give either uh, give me or Andy, uh, or put, put, blah, blah, blah. you know what? I'm gonna go back and cut that. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it in. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll just leave it in. We're going straight to tape on this one. So guess what? You just heard a thing I should have cut out. If you wanted to talk to me on Twitter uh, and do something funny like yell at me about books or the fact that I made a comment earlier that may have been inappropriate, which, you know, I could, this could be my outro for all of the episodes. Uh, I am at Will Fengi on Twitter, W-I-L-L-F, like in Frank, A-N-G-U-Y, or you can tweet at the show, Bipolar underscore podcast. We are your favorite podcast about pop culture and not about mental illness. If you need to talk to someone about mental illness, please hang up and call 911 immediately. Or <laughs> do they do that over there? Do you, do they have any uh, doctor's offices where you get the answering machine? It's like if it's an emergency, hang up and dial blah, blah, blah. Uh, we've got, um, I think, 111. You can call for non emergency thing. You like to speak to a. It's still like a call center kind of thing for instead of 999 yeah. that we have. Um, uh, yeah, so you can, non-emergency things, you can, you know, say I've got this lump or something, <laughs> I don't know, and they can uh, they can advise on what to do. So, yeah. This took a really dark that. turn. It did. It's a bit like, weird, isn't it? <laughs> I haven't got not, any lumps as far as we, I know, we, by the way. We are not licensed or certified to give any sort of advice on medical maladies whatsoever. Please don't listen to us about that. But you can talk to us on Twitter about pop culture things and other nerdy stuff. Um, and please do so. Uh, please reach out and uh, and talk to us on Twitter. If you are interested in reading the show notes for this episode, they will be at nerduprising.co slash bipolar, and it'll be the top post on the list. So come on in, check those out. <laughs> You've got the number, haven't you? I have. <laughs> it's been a couple, it's been a little four, bit of time. Are we going to count the last one as a whole episode? Is it just a half episode? So we're going to call it four or, I don't know, a1 or an alpha, I don't know, Roman numeral I. There's, there's going to be, there, there are some show notes involved. We'll put some links to the IMDb page for Clue and, uh, I don't know, maybe like an Apple Store referral link. Maybe we can make a couple cents off of that or something. Or, I don't know, <laughs> Pence, I think is what they call them. Over there. Flood into, for flood into buy Clue after this. Yeah, <laughs> there's going to be a massive up, upswing in uh, Clue digital purchases thanks to the Bipolar podcast. Um Tim well, Curry Andy, on the phone thanking us for his uh, yeah, retirement yeah. fund boost. Yeah, Tim Curry, Tim Curry and uh, Michael McKean or Michael McKean, both of them, all three of them actually will be on the podcast <laughs> next time in, uh, in, in a show of thanks. Um, Andy, enjoy the book. Yes, I will do. Thank you. And uh, let's sit down and talk about something nerdy again in a little while. Cool. Yep. Do you want me to play my closing sound clip? It, no comment at the end. Oh, just... do I? Yeah, this is a this is our this is our this is our outro. It's it's not that good actually, to be honest. It doesn't really that make that much See, sense, but it's just near. Play. It's just near kind of an end, so I'll leave everyone with this. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>